Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Dave Luna, thank you so much for being our guest on the Mike Litton Experience, man. I really, really appreciate you. I know you're busy because it's continuing education season uh, with NMLS and with mortgage um, professionals like myself. Uh, but I, I wanted to have you come on. And as like we talked about, everyone has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. Okay. And so with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born, go all the way up to today. And then we can talk about anything you'd like to talk about. I'd love to talk about mortgage educators, mostly because you guys just knocked it out of the park as far as I was concerned. So I'm a big, big fan. And that's why I wanted you on our podcast. Okay. So well, let's, let's talk about where you were born. <laughs> I, I spent most of my formative years in Southern California, not as far south as San Diego, but in the San Fernando Valley Junior High School in uh, Pacoima, Silmar, San Fernando Valley Junior High, High School, uh, Pierce College, and then uh, Moore Park College, and then uh, moved to Utah to go uh, to uh, Brigham Young University, uh, got married, two kids, came back to Southern California, um, uh, chose to not stay in California, personal reasons. So we now have a home in Northern California, but I also have a home in Utah and I also have a home in Florida. So where are you located now? Uh, I'm talking to you today from Utah. Okay, got it. So question for you. Growing up where you grew up in the Pacoima area, right? Southern Cal. Uh -huh. What was your favorite thing about growing up there? Um, if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe me, but it was going to Van Nuys on Wednesday night and it was called Van Night on Van Nuys Boulevard. And all the teenagers, all the kids would go there, um, you know, Friday, Saturday night and just hang out. It was it was so cool. Uh, but, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Van Nuys would be a place that I would probably want to spend some time uh, <laughs> late at night anymore, because, right. again, things things change. Yeah. Well, that was a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was in the 1970s. So that was a while ago. Yes. Right. So so you go to which high school did you graduate from? Uh, graduated from Royal High School in Simi Valley. Okay. Did you play any sports? Uh, football. There you go. What position yeah. did you play? <laughs> I was receiver. I love it. I love it. So in high school, what was yes, your sir. favorite subject? My favorite subject in high school. Okay. Let's see. Girls don't count. So yeah, they do. About the yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. No. Um, all the stupid stuff I, I did. No, no, no. I, I, I was a girl like all subjects because, you know, it allowed me to get into college and then university and stuff like that. So I guess I was okay because the only school I applied to, I got accepted in. Right. Um, so, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of learning. I like continuing to learn. 
And I think if you just kind of pigeonhole yourself, I, I, I think you shortchange yourself a little bit because okay. from that experience, uh, again, let, let's just take Utah, for example. Sure. Um, the governor asked me to be commissioner. And so as commissioner over the DRE, and the DRE in Utah is over appraisers, realtors, and mortgage licensees. Mm -hmm. And then uh, going back to California, I'm now 20 minutes away from Sacramento and Governor Newsom's office said, wait a minute, we have a past commissioner now in our state. Mm -hmm. And so I was asked to um, submit a resume to the uh, California DRE. And uh, I heard back from the governor's office. I'm sitting there thinking, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. I don't want to take a pay cut. And uh, the one word I heard back from the governor's office was, quote, impressive. So being back in Utah, I was, uh, uh, like I said, commissioner. And then after that, the next governor that came in wanted me to end chronic homelessness in the state. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this is this is a different thing. But I'm happy to report that in 2014, when I was done with that assignment, we had limited chronic homelessness to 636 people. We knew them all by name and we knew where they were every single night. Wow. So then I thought, okay, my public service is over. Then the next governor says, hey, listen, we're going to tear down the federal prison. We need to move it. We're going to build up the uh, community, the area. And so we need a billion dollar loan that the taxpayers are going to pay back. And I thought, man, what would the commission be on a billion dollars? But you know, you can't, you know, you can't charge points and fees on something that the that the taxpayers will pay back. And then it was really, really cool because where the federal uh, prison was, yeah, it's now being built out, and it's uh, it's got a lot of green spaces. It's got a lot of residential, commercial. It's close to freeways. I mean, we're going to build this community out right. And uh, it's now on the Silicon Slopes part of um, of the state, and so yeah, I think I've had I think I've had a pretty cool uh, life so far. It's been really really fun. That's awesome, buddy. So let's go back to your decision to go to Brigham Young. Yes, sir. What made you decide to go to Brigham Young University? Uh, again, colleges in California, cool. Yeah. But a college is not the same thing as a university. Right. And so uh, I went to uh, the university to, uh, stu to study accounting mm -hmm. and uh, management, and then I went back to Southern California. I worked for uh, Great Western, okay. and I worked for Mellon Bank in okay. California. So Mellon Bank of New York, but their, their offices in uh, Panorama City, Southern mm -hmm. California, yeah. and then uh, GW, Great Western. And I was the branch manager of their Simi Valley office. And then I was one of their youngest area um, supervisors, managers, I, I forget what it was called, uh, offices from Santa Barbara all the way down to um, San Fernando Valley. Wow. And it was it was fun. It was fun. But I, I just realized something. I went, wait a minute, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and so since those days until now, I haven't worked for somebody else. Right. I've just I've just done it on my own. Yeah. And so, like you, you mentioned, mortgage educators. We built mortgage educators from being one of 280 companies to I think we're either number one, number two, somewhere there in the entire country. Yeah. So I was talking to somebody like yesterday, and they said, "Well, how many loan officers did you grow in one year?" And I said, "30,000." Mm -hmm. 
And so we've been very, very fortunate, very successful at what we're doing. We hope we're doing it right. We hope we're providing something of value. You're doing it right. I promise you. Well, I again, promise you're very, you very kind. So, well, I'm, I'm actually being honest. I'm not even, I'm not even flattering you. I was thoroughly impressed. That's why I wanted you on the podcast. And I, I'm also fascinated by you. Um, and we'll get to that. But um, so let's, let's talk about, so you graduate from, from Brigham Young, you go back to Southern California. What made you go back to Southern California? That was home. That's what I, that's what I knew. That's what okay. I um, had grown up with. That's uh, what I had grown up around. I mean, my wife and I got married in Santa Monica. Very We're nice. from Southern California, you know, from, <laughs> you said, well, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So everything I knew was Southern California. Gotcha. Okay. You know, other than going that's to fair. going off to school. So, and so we came back to California. Uh, but we, for us, now with two little kids, said, mm, maybe, maybe we should look at someplace else. Mm -hmm. So that was just us. Not, not nothing, you know, but positive things about California. Love the weather, hate the cold. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Utah is cold in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, I don't ski, never skied. I I'm I'm an ocean kid. Mm -hmm. So so, so what precipitated you to move to Utah? Uh, again, uh, going back after school. So you went um, after school to Southern California and then right. you ended up moving back to Utah. Yeah. Uh, cost of living. Again, okay. you in San Diego, you know what the price of real estate is. Sure. I took a 50% pay cut from Southern Cal going to Utah. Yeah. Uh, but even at a 50% pay cut, we built a brand new custom home. Gotcha. And so um, it was just, that was one of the reasons it's a little slower pace yeah. uh southern cal very very busy as you know i mean whether you're on the 405 or 5 freeway it doesn't matter right um i mean if you go west to pch i mean it's it's still busy during rush hour yeah. and so the pace is a little bit slower uh we have a little bit more room it's more cost effective and so for us Right. Not for everybody, but for us, that was uh, those were the key decision. Uh, those were the key factors for our decision. Gotcha. Have a question for you. Now, this is a this is a little bit personal, but when you were with Great Western Bank, did you ever interact with Great Western Real Estate? No. OK, no. The only reason I'm asking is a good friend of mine used to be the president of Great Western Real Estate. So I didn't know if they were connected or not. They may have been. I don't know. I yeah. mean, you know, when we'd go to meetings, um, you know, at Great Western headquarters, again, that that was different. Do you remember Dennis Weaver riding yep. the horse? And yep. so those were the commercials. And yeah. so it was uh, interesting times. It was fun times. It was good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So let me ask you this. You've been in the mortgage business for 43 years. Correct. Right. What's your, favorite, what's your favorite thing about the mortgage business? Love talking to people. I love um, helping those that don't think they can be helped. Everybody, every single borrower is different. Um, their challenges are different. Mm -hmm. How we accomplish it might seem the same, but everybody's different. The, the, yeah. you know, um, Luke and Hannah, um, first time home buyers. Um, Luke is here from a different country. And so he has visa requirements, meaning he cannot work, mm -hmm. but I need a two-year work history. Mm -hmm. We need his income in order to qualify, right. but I don't have a work history. So I just get a smile on my face thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. So I mm -hmm. sent him to my favorite realtor. He chose a different realtor. Cool. No problem. 
in choosing a different realtor, that realtor has their preferred, you know, loan officers, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And so that realtor talked to their loan officers and they said that this can't be done. <laughs> the, 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 you can't do this. And I had already told him he was approved. Yeah. So he comes back to me all worried. Yeah. And I said, Luke, don't even worry about it. We're closing. We're closing on time. Don't even worry about it. Right. And he said, how? And so to explain the process of, well, what was going on when you weren't working? Well, I was working at the, at, uh, he was from uh, Michigan, I think. Mm-hmm. And so he's working for the university there. And I said, cool. Does anything there pertain to your work now? And he says, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I was doing this. Mm-hmm. So do you see what I was trying to yep. do? I was trying to create that two year, yep. you know, same line of work or profession. And I'm kind of sitting there thinking, okay, okay, I can build a case here. Yeah, string it and, together. Um, so, I mean, his income now is W-2, so I can count the income, mm-hmm. right? The other part, he was in school or working toward his profession. I I, I built all that thing together mm-hmm. and um, we got him closed and he's in his home and he's, you know, and he's pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was inventory problems as, as everywhere across the country. I'm on the road about 200 days a year. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to loan officers, tens of thousands of loan officers every, uh, every year Mm -hmm. about what's happening in their areas. So I can talk to you about Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I can tell you about Memphis. I can tell you about Murfreesboro. I can tell you about, I I, I can go across the state of Tennessee, all the way to Johnson city. You Mm -hmm. sit there and put me into Texas. And I go, what are we talking about? Austin. We talking about San Antonio. We talking about Dallas. Are we in the Dallas Fort Worth area? Are we talking about Flower Mound? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. You can put me anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado. It doesn't matter, Florida. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, the country is getting smaller and smaller and smaller because I, I understand what's happening in these different pockets around the country, which I think makes me a better instructor because I can relate to people with you know with what's going on. You take the Bay Area, San Jose, whether it's San Jose, Walnut Creek. Uh, whether it's you know San Francisco, Petaluma, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But then again, if I'm having those conversations, like for example, the Federal Home Loan Bank of uh, Cincinnati asked me to speak to the banks and credit unions over there, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to I'm making a mental shift, and I'm going okay, okay, okay. Uh, we're not talking 1.2 to 1.7 million in the Bay Area. Right. We're talking about 250 to 350 thousand dollars for a single family home. Right. you know, in, you know, that area, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Ohio, things like that. So I get a really, really good feel for what's happening across the country. Right. And so I, we try to pour that into our education, especially, um, you know, when we go live, mm-hmm. um, then when people ask questions and I can give them some depth, they're like, oh, wow, this, mm-hmm. this guy knows. And so it, it's yeah. been kind of fun. MGIC wants me to talk to them next week. Yeah, next week. And then um, U.S. Bank hired me to talk to them. And, and and so I get to talk to a whole bunch of really, really cool people in cool places. Merchants Bank, you know, I, I get to talk to some really, really cool people. I, I used to be it. a consultant for both Fannie and Freddie. I love it. So I, um, so one of the things that I wanted to share with you is I dearly love the way that you approach the continuing education that you do. And the reason that I want you to know this is you were talking to, you didn't know who you were talking to, of course, right? But I got into this business because I got turned down for a home loan. 
Okay. And it was a, it was a savings bank that national, a national savings bank that I went to, to get my, to get my loan done. And instead of helping me turn a no into a yes, they sent me a form letter three weeks after my application, letting me know that I'd been declined. So I would go into the bank branch. There's an actual branch that was here locally in the same city that I'm talking to you from. I would walk in and I would and I would ask for the loan officer. He would run in the back and hide. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm you sorry. Can't I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't make this up. So I so I I would go and I got a hold of the branch manager and I said, you know, I I need I need somebody to help me. And she said, well, I can't help you. I've never done a loan in my life. He's the only person in this place that can help you. And he wouldn't return my calls, wouldn't talk with me, nothing. Now, I'm kind of a big guy and I'm a little loud and I'm kind of fierce and I can look a little scary sometimes, right? But I wasn't going to hurt the guy. I just wanted him to help me figure out how to turn a no into a yes. Well, because he didn't do that, he did me a huge favor. I ended up getting licensed, ended up getting into the business. My very first month in the business, I closed a loan for a couple that was building their, their dream home two cities over. They had been turned down by eight different lenders, okay? I got them approved and we got them approved two weeks before they were gonna lose their house to foreclosure, foreclosure sale, okay? Dream house they've been working on for three years. Right. That was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, okay? Then I become this person in the industry who I ended up, I've closed thousands and thousands of home loans in my career, but I became known as the guy that just wouldn't take no for an answer. And so I would figure out a way to get people approved, okay? And the thing that stuck out to me was how you talked about how we we as, real, as professionals, mortgage professionals and real estate professionals, it's our duty to not look at how much our commission's going to be. It's our duty to look at how can we help these people? How can we help this? How can we help them achieve what a lot of people consider to be the American dream? Okay. I have to tell you something. I got emotional listening to you. Okay. And the reason I want you to know this is what you're talking about has greater appeal than you possibly imagined. And I want to make sure that you that you hear what I'm saying here. I'm acknowledging you because I'm absolutely one of your biggest fans now. You absolutely were speaking to me. You know how you go to church and the sermon seems like it was written for you, okay? You were speaking to me. And, you know, I'm going to give you a real quick example, if that's okay. I was doing what's called a, I, I got into the business and, and I was in the retail side working for a mortgage broker. And a a local a local broker owner of an office, realty executive's office here in Escondido, pulled me aside and he said, "Listen, you're going about this all wrong." His name is Joe McCarrow. Joe's now passed away, but he pulled me aside. He said, "You're going at this all wrong. You need to go to work for one of the top mortgage banks in San Diego County in production. You need to go to work on their builder side." I have only known you for two weeks, but I know that you want to be the best of the best in the industry, and those are builder reps. So I go out and find the number one mortgage bank in production. I get into the builder side and I'm cranking, okay? So we're doing this thing called a dusty shoe opening. And I don't know if you've ever done one of those or not, but it's basically where the, the models are not done yet. 
they set you up out on a dirt lot with a with a table, right? And your job is to sit with these potential buyers and figure out whether or not you can help them buy a house. This couple shows up on this dusty shoe opening, six foot blonde, gorgeous woman, one of the prettiest women I've ever seen in my life. And she shows up with this guy that really doesn't look like he belongs with her. I'm sure you've probably seen those couples before, right? And so they're, they walk on and they talk to my competitor at the first table. I don't know how that got set up or they talked to them first, but it, it did. And so they talk to him and they he hands them his card and they just kind of look devastated. And so they come over to me and they're like, you know, we, we don't really need to talk. We, we already, he already told us to call him in two years. Okay. Well, what, why did he say that? And they said, well, this happened. Da, da, da. I said, okay, well, here's the thing. There's a, there's a little known FHA guideline that says that if you've had a bankruptcy, both of them had had bankruptcies, by the way, they were brother and sister. Her husband had died at 32 of an aggressive form of cancer, left her with two babies. He had gone bankrupt because he was a mechanic with Southwest Airlines and he'd been giving his sister his checks so that she could afford to be in the hospital with her husband while he was dying. She ended up with $800,000 in, in, in hospital debt. They declared bankruptcy. It had been discharged just a little bit over six months from that date. And I said to them, I said, listen, if it's something beyond your control, there's a little known FHA guideline that says that you can be considered for a manual underwrite. If you're willing to give this a, a shot, I'm willing to give it a shot. Do you know two weeks later we had them approved? Okay. This right. is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff that I did. I've done for 31 years. Okay. And so when you were talking about how important it is that we keep our eye on the ball and try to help people achieve what we know they're trying to achieve, right? Instead of judging and all that kind of stuff, just stay in curiosity. That absolutely rang true for me. Okay. And what I wanted to share with you too, you're on my podcast, of course, but what I wanted to share with you too is I'm writing a book, my first book on home ownership. And the reason I'm doing it is something you actually mentioned in our, in our course, which was that millennials have some PTSD to an extent as it relates to real estate because they were children back during the Great Recession, okay? So I literally have identified my ghostwriter who has written and published over 40 books. We start next month on my first book on home ownership. And we're literally taking the case. We're literally taking the case, David, to millennials as to why owning a home needs to be part of the American dream again. It builds generational wealth. Absolutely. And we're going to show them step by step how to buy a house. We're going to show them how to finance a house. We're going to show them what they do if life throws them a curveball and they need to do a short sale or they need to do a deed and lose their up or they need to do, okay? We're going to go through everything. We're going to go through FICO scores. We're going to teach them how to how to, how to to win at the FICO game. So you understand that, I, you understand, right? When the, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. You were absolutely preaching to me and it was perfect, okay? I got so fired up, I couldn't sleep that night. I'm not joking. So I really want you to understand from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate what you do and the spirit with which you 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 do this, okay? And I would love to interview you if you have time for this book. I would love to have you be a part of it. 
um, if you're if you if you have time. Um, sure. But I wanted to share with you that you're you're reaching more people than you realize. Okay, and I want you to keep it up. I want you to keep doing what you're doing because it's important. Okay. I mentioned to you that I was in the Western Loan Production Conference. I did a, a panel discussion for uh, Fannie Mae. The reason I did that was because back in back in the day, back then, automated underwriting had just come out earlier that year. And a lot of the banks and, and savings banks and, and mortgage companies were having a tough time getting their loan officers to, to assimilate. I had 300 loans in my pipeline, all builder deals, all, all purchases. My average turnaround time for underwriting was three to four weeks for manual underwrite, right? I could get an I could get an approval on AU. I could get an approval in a matter of just a couple of hours, sometimes minutes, right? So they came to me and said, we have this new thing and we'd love to try it out on your pipeline. I'm like, do it. Let's go. So we got them all done, right? Well, all those 300 plus applications that we run that we ran registered with Fannie Mae, as it turned out. And they said, hey, who's this Mike Litton guy, right? And so they asked me to come to, with a couple of other people to, to Vegas and to do that, that conference. Do you have any idea how many banks and, and savings banks and, and lenders offered me a job to uh -huh. just get on their jet and fly around the country and talk about how automated underwriting is so much, right? It's just, they couldn't pay me what I was making, right? And so I didn't end up doing it. But I had a chance to meet Barry Habib, his very first time as a keynote speaker for that conference. It was very cool. It was a neat experience. I was there in, um, in uh, I can't remember the city, I think it was Texas, when Freddie came out with this new thing called LP. Yeah. I went, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So we've been around the block once or twice. Yeah. Loan I, I spent like last year and, and most of this year trying to help loan officers in this economy with interest rates, what they are with inventory, what they are, where I was telling them, guys, you can still do a great production. And they looked at me funny because you were mentioning FHA and bankruptcy and stuff. I says, guys, you can still do uh, a loan for a borrower that is currently, not discharged, currently in a chapter 13 bankruptcy. Right. And they're like, what? And then I, I showed them how to do it. And they're like, oh, my goodness, this is great. You just need a history of payments. As long as they made their months. Sign That's the underwriting guideline, 12 months. And the trustee has to sign off on it. Correct. Right? Yeah. You know and then I was showing them how to do it. I used to go into the courthouse and get, you know, the clerks to give me the, the list and stuff. And now you can do it through Pacer. Yeah. You know, and they're like, how do you do this? Yeah. And so some people will take it and run with it. It is work. And some people are like, well, you know, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, this is the time right now for loan officers and realtors to gain market share. And there are so many of them that are just looking at me like I'm from Mars when I tell them this. Okay. But I've been doing this. You and I have been doing this for so long. We've been through recessions. We've been through situations like this. I started when rates were at 18%. You yeah. know, right now, uh, everybody is kind of like, oh my goodness, rates are so high. Yeah. Please. Seven percent exactly. is not bad. Exactly. Exactly. Right. When I got started, they were nine and a half. They just come down from 10 and everybody was panicking because they were 10 six months ago. You know, so it's crazy. So so here's what I wanted to ask you. You're traveling around the country and you're educating and you're and you're helping these loan officers. Right. 
What's your favorite thing about doing that? I think I know the answer, but I wanted I wanted to ask. You go first. What do you think the the, the answer is? Well, I so I know I, I think I know you well enough now to know where you're coming from. This all of everything that I the impression I get is that it's from your heart. Okay. And we, you know, our industry, and I'm talking realtors too, realtors and loan officers can get a little jaded. Okay. And it's, it's tough because you, you do, and in, in, in my case, I've done a ton of volume over the years and, and you get sort of in this box and the box is that you you come across a, a loan that's a challenging loan and you don't give it the kind of attention that you should give it, right? Kind of like my my colleague on that story I told you, handed them a card and said, call me in two years, okay? That was the easy road. That was the, you know, slough them off kind of thing. And I believe that you're doing this, and, 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 I, and I truly believe this, that this is from your heart and you're trying to help them to an extent reset and remember what it was, why it is that they're in the business. Uh, uh, to, you're close. I like, I like when the light bulb goes off and they yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And then they go, oh my goodness, I can do this. Yeah. And so, you know, depending on when you were in one of my classes, um, you know, when Fanny came out and said, okay, um, if, if it's an ADU, you can use the income from the ADU. And I'm sitting in class going, uh, so do I need, I need like 1040s to show, you know, they pay taxes on it. And Freddie goes, no. And I go, well, um, um, so they're buying something where the people were in an ADU before and I can show lease and I can show payments. And they go, no. And I said, are you suggesting that they haven't bought the house yet, but they could buy the house that had an ADU and put somebody in it, but yet count that <laughs> revenue that income for qualification purposes and, right. the, and the Freddie person says, you got it. <laughs> what? Yeah. And so, you know, when going back to the beginning of the interview, when you stop learning, yeah. when you stop, you're done. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned a friend of yours having passed away, unfortunately, I'm going through that process right now. I had cancer before. I beat it. It found where I was hiding. And now I have cancer again. I'm sorry. And so the reason I delayed us visiting today is because that's the time I come back from the hospital uh, undergoing my cancer treatments. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, so I may, Mike, I may take a little bit of time sure. to um, work on my health so I can come back and hopefully help more people. Yeah, I'm going to be praying for you, buddy. Thank you. I'm really sorry that you're going through this. I've already recorded 2024 CE. But you <laughs> All know, of it. You know, what's, you know what's interesting? I'll tell you sorry. something interesting. I was asked yesterday why God picks the good people to go through these things. And it's because you're an angel, man. Okay. I'm not going to agree with that. There are some, um, you this are. Is, this, 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 this is my interpretation. Everybody goes through something. Oh, sure. Whether it's you, your family, your neighbor, your friends. You know, this is just my time. It's, yeah. it's Everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has a time. It's just my time. Yeah. And people are saying, but you're still so positive and you're still, 
you know, I'm going to beat this, Mike. Right. I'm going to beat it for the second time. I mean, my daughter had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She mm. beat it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Sometimes it happens. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do not roll over and play dead. I right. just don't do that. Right. And so, you know, I, I'm just I'm just going to figure it out. We're going to take go to the best hospitals. And we're going to follow doctor's orders and we're going to do all of our treatments and we're going to beat this one again. Yeah. And here's the thing. You're going to help thousands of people in the process. OK, that's why God picked you. OK, you have your own ministry and God picked you because you're going to be a shining example for other people, other people that are going through the same thing that are struggling. I promise you. OK. OK. So question for you, is there anything else that you'd like to cover before we sign off? We're at the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah. People were asking me what's going to happen in the future. And in the future, uh, just, you know, super, super quick. Interest rates are going to continue to come down. Yeah. Um, home prices uh, will stabilize. In fact, you're seeing more and more inventory. So those problems we've had in the past are going to go away. Yeah. Uh, and not completely, because, again, I'm the son of a builder. My yeah. dad is a general contractor in Southern California. And so I am the son of a builder. So I understand that. And so for those that are worried, get the house, get it now, because when rates come down and interest rates have dropped a percent in what, five weeks, yeah. Um, as rates continue to fall, uh, you're going to see more people get out into the marketplace and start find, trying to find a home. Right. And once they find it, we're going to go back to those multiple backup offers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so counsel, get the house now, yep. and then, you know, that interest rate, just sit tight. The interest rate's going to go lower, you know, in six months, refinance it, wait for another year to refinance. In 2024, rates are going to be, you know, really, really good. And 2025 are going to be even better. So yeah. I actually have a crystal ball. <laughs> you know, I, I've upgraded from batteries to USB. And, uh, you know, I, I, can't love really it. Tell, I can't really tell people what's going to happen in 26 and 27. Yeah. However, you know, for, for as far as we can realistically see, I mean, nobody could have predicted COVID and nobody could have predicted anything else. Yeah. But, you know, this business goes in cycles. And so I think the Federal Reserve is done hiking interest rates. I do not agree that they're going to start cutting rates because they've signaled that they're not. So yeah. what happens normally there's normally between, I don't know, about 175 basis point spread mm -hmm. between, you know, 10 years and 30 year fixed interest rates. Right. And right now, as the last time I checked, it was about 280 basis points, meaning it's really, really fat. Right. And why lenders did that is they were practicing self-defense. They had no idea how high and how fast the Federal Reserve was going to raise rates. But now right. that, you know, they're pretty much done you're going to start to see that that spread collapse. Mm -hmm. And so do I see sixes uh, in 2024? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I see fives in 2025? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I see interest rates back at the two or 3%? Yeah. Not my, again, my crystal ball doesn't go out that far. I'm going to yeah. say, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, however, I could be surprised. Um, we'll visit again in a year or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I'll give you further predictions on there. So inventory will rise. Interest rates will drop. Unfortunately, some good people are going to lose their jobs because you're seeing unemployment go up. 
Yeah. Uh, we're going to get inflation under control. Uh, Chairman Powell uh, doesn't believe that it'll happen in 24. He's sitting there thinking in 2024, we'll get to 2.5%, 2% in 2025. Everything for this mortgage industry looks really, really good in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. I'm with you. I have a question for you. Is it a hard one? It is. Sorry. So you're familiar with the with what we call the balance sheet, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So the Federal Reserve has been calmly, quietly liquidating the balance sheet. They've been letting the bonds expire. Do you think there's a possibility that sometime next year they start buying bonds again? No. Okay. Notice I took a long time to think about that. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> No. Um, again, just the signals, and maybe they're just trying to be hawkish, and maybe they're they trying are. to scare markets, and maybe they're trying to set a precedent. I I, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, when they say we're going to keep interest rates higher for longer, yeah. rates will come down even if there is no Fed cut, yeah. and even if they don't buy bonds. You know, I think what they need to do is they need to just take a break and see what their actions have done. I mean, they have raised that Fed funds rate so high, so fast, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And in such a short period of time, we haven't seen it yet. So could they? Sure, they could. Mm -hmm. Do I think they will today at the time of the recording? No. no. Might my opinion change six months from now? Mm -hmm. Possibly. Because, you know, it, we're, we're not going to be in really, really good shape first quarter, Maybe not even second quarter 2024, though I think we will, you know, but then again, you know, if if now unemployment, now we're hitting this recession thing, and that's something else that people are saying, oh, we're not going to hit a recession. Oh, my goodness, we're in a recession now. Here's reality. Some parts of the economy are in a recession. I agree. Real estate is one of them. Yeah. So in the in the real estate mortgage sector, <laughs> We're in a recession, yeah. but not all parts of the economy are that way. Yeah. Will more? Will we have this soft landing? Will it be a hard land? Oh my goodness! There's there's so many particulars to this thing. Yeah. So I, when I answer your question, I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm trying to sit there and say, based on all everything that I see, and not just here. You know what the heck is going on? You know we're in a world economy. What's going on in other countries? What are they doing? What are they fighting and things like that? And so that's that's why I'm giving you that answer. I'm taking I'm trying to take all of the data, all of the information, and melt it down into one word. Yeah, I appreciate that. I do. So just so you know, yesterday a good buddy of mine that's in the mortgage industry locked a client in on a purchase, a VA purchase at five point nine nine percent. Fabulous. We're going to see more of that. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Well, listen, I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for doing this. I was so excited that you were going to come on and I was so excited that we were going to have an opportunity to talk. Um, and I would love to have Nora Guerra come on um, if we can if we can make that happen too. That Nora awesome. and I are good friends. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I really appreciate it. And I am, I am, I am going to be praying for you. Um, and I know that you're going to beat this thing. I know for a fact you are because you have you have too much light left to share. And um, and I cannot I cannot from the bottom of my heart I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, buddy. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. 
If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.